Hello and welcome to the Unboxable podcast. My name is Elena Turley, I'm your host. I help mothers recover holistic health and build a soulful, regenerative lifestyle. This is a place for rediscovering yourself, finding meaning and nurturing body, mind and soul. I have with me a very lovely lady who, to be honest, we have only met once Um, But the way we met was we went to a local event and we ended up sitting next to each other and having a most delightful time. And her story was so fascinating to me that I felt it very important to share it with the wider world. So, Virginia or Ginny, welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Elena. It's lovely to be with you. And uh, as you say, we definitely had that special connection when some things just happen, uh, when you meet someone for the first time in a very unexpected way. Yeah, it was delightful. And I'd love to know if you could just say a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you do these days. I would love to hear it. Yes, of course. So um, in my journey is kind of long and varied. Uh, I'm now well into my 60s, chronologically. Uh, I would say that I'm not that biologically, and it's one of my passions. I've uh, my varied history. I I started off in the fashion industry, I then went into hospitality and uh, catering, and then uh, as a mature age student, I did nursing. Uh, and went into oncology, haematology, haematology in the paediatric world, uh, and then into research work um, after I had my own children. So long and varied career. Uh, I'm passionate about health and wellness, uh, and especially about ethical living, living clean. Uh, So I think we had quite a lot in common when we uh, met, and I looked at your website and thought, oh, this is wonderful. That's amazing. So I didn't know some of that. That's so amazing. (laughs) And I do love how, you know, like attracts like sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what happened with us. And I look forward to exploring more and more of your stories, especially today. The title of my podcast is Unboxable, Unstoppable. And it sounds like that fits quite well with your life. You sound like you've covered Mm -hmm. some ground a lot like me. And what I love about the word unboxable is that it hints at something that I think you and I understand, which is that you don't need to always live within the confines of a role or a title or an identity, that those things can shift and change over time. And it's actually not just okay, but amazing if you can follow those shifts and changes through your life. Yes. Sounds like you Uh, have. I agree. Yes. And, and, you know, it's interesting how sometimes, you know, people say you've done so well, you're so lucky. And I would say, well, actually, it's purposeful. I love that term being purposeful and, you know, unstoppable. And I love that term unboxable. I've not actually heard that one before. That's but very much <laughs> you, <laughs> which is great. Yes. yes, it does fit. And one of the things I'm going to dive right into something that fascinated me about your story, because I feel like it's quite a pertinent story at the time um, that we're living in at the moment. Yeah. You told me a little bit about how you changed as you became a mother. And a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are mothers or would like to be mothers. And I know you yeah. have a particular story around motherhood. So 
I'd love to just open up the floor, as it were, to you to tell me a little bit about your journey to motherhood. Yes. Mm, interesting. So, uh, yes, I, motherhood, I think, is such a gift and parenthood. But, you know, obviously being a mother, it was something I was really, I had an inbuilt desire. I know that everyone's different, but for me, there was a very strong inbuilt desire to um, be a mum. And that wasn't easy uh, for me. Um, I actually had uh, a whoops um, in my first strong, long relationship, um, which didn't, that didn't work out. And uh, so that is where I then went into, well, I'll have a career and I'll do nursing. And, um, but, you know, within a year of starting nursing, I met the person who is now my husband uh, and we've been married for 35 years. So uh, that's definitely been very special. And he's actually a little bit younger than me, which is lovely and uh, yeah. helps, keep, helps keep me young. Uh, and he was ready to take me on, which I'm always very thankful for. <laughs> um, so I was ready to start a family straight away, but he wasn't. And so we, you know, went about our life. Um, and then he was like, yep, I think I'm ready now. And I was like, great. So we decided that, you know, we would just start trying and see how we went. And so nothing happened. I was well into my 30s at this stage and nothing happened and nothing happened. And, you know, you get to a stage or I got to a stage and I'm assuming that people who want a family and, and really want to um, have a family without waiting too long, go and get some investigation. And so we did all that and there was nothing wrong um, with either of us. And so, you know, it was just like, you know, keep going. And I, um, you know, very happily did that uh, only for a short time and then said, no, I've really got to change some things in my life because I think, you know, I need to find out more. I saw a naturopath. Um, who was able to help me with diet, who was able to help me with really getting exercise happening. Um, uh, we had some beautiful prayer um, from a, a, a person who we respected a lot. And within three months of doing all those things, I was pregnant. Um, unfortunately, that um, pregnancy didn't last. It was actually twins that had split at the wrong time and oh. heart heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking after you know years of trying and so I'm sure that there are people listening yeah. to Unboxable who know that journey heartbreak yeah. journey and I'm um, sorry for your loss Jenny yes and you know I um I believe my way of dealing with it was to say well you know there is a path forward you know maybe my body was being prepared um and I do think for quite a lot of people a first pregnancy you know that's what happens um and I was pregnant again three months later Amazing. uh with our first son who's just a delight and I had him when I was 37 so awesome. you know um people say to me when they're 33 oh you know, I don't know whether I'm too old. And I say, no, <laughs> you 
Um, I remember, you know, thinking about, you know, the life ahead and, you know, what would we do? Would we just stay with one child? And we went, no, you know, we'll just wait and see what happens. And I was pregnant with him when he was only six weeks, six months old, six wow. weeks, that would be an impossible, <laughs> six, six months old and wow. uh, with our daughter. Um, and then again, uh, <laughs> it just seems like, well, my body knew then what it, mm-hmm. it was doing. And so we had our last and third child when I was 40. So we had three children in uh, three years. Uh, Our eldest turned three, six weeks before our youngest was born. And so (laughs) I went from desperately wanting to be a mother to thinking, oh my gosh, what have I done? And what was that like having three children so close together? Yeah, well, you know, I actually think that I was very fortunate to have wanted to have children so much and to have, you know, wanted to do whatever I could to have that happen because I chose it, you know. I have some friends who actually had children at times in their life when they were not ready and were not expecting it. And, you know, sometimes I think that can be difficult, whereas for me it was a, a, a lifelong desire Um, And here I was. However, I'm so grateful to have had my mother. Um, My dad had actually died when our first was only six months old. And so my mother and mother-in-law were spectacular in supporting me. And, you know, that community, I think, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have community and women around you who can you know, just they've been there, they've done it, they understand. And I think there's so much wisdom in that next generation, um, having been there and done that. So that's my kind of that part of the journey. And uh, just, yep, here we are now, a long way down the track. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm very curious for you, when you were at that stage of you had been to see the naturopath and you were making yep. physical changes. You were making changes yep. to your diet, your exercise and clean yep. living, um, yep. which I believe also was part of my fertility journey also. That was a big change. Yep. Uh, yep. I wondered, was there a spiritual element at that point in time? You said that you had always felt that you were to be a mother, that, that was a key mm-hmm. part of your life that was missing and you knew you kind of knew in your bones, I guess it sounds like, that it was a part of your yep. life you would experience. But at that point when you had the feeling it was coming but it wasn't there, you'd had great loss, what what happened for you on a more sort of spiritual, esoteric level at mm. that point? Yes. So uh, for me, um, you know, my I, I believe in Jesus and, uh, you know, that's been um, not always uh, how I've lived my life. Um, but I have had a couple of very pivotal, deep experiences, um, which left me with a sense of hope. I would say um, that it was all going to be okay. Um, And there was a definite sense of, although uh, there was a desperation, I remember, you know, thinking that I might have been pregnant at one stage Mm. and, um, you know, my period being sort of three weeks late kind of or you know even a week late and and when it came just being absolutely devastated um that feeling of you know because 
I got to my, you know, point where I was wanting to be a mum so much that, yes. you know, my whole life centred around it. And so, you know, then, you know, when you don't experience the monthly cycle as you would normally and, you know, all of a sudden hope arises yes. and then it crashes, yeah. um, you know, but inside me, even though I was desperate, um, there was a sense of stay in hope, you know, a feeling, yeah, a very spiritual, yes, yeah, sense of stay. Day. It's mm. an experience that feeling, I mm. think, and so I yeah. am not. Uh, I'm not a daughter of Jesus. I'm not a believer in the in what yeah. you are calling Jesus. But I am a great fan of faith in any form. Yeah. Like I really believe deeply yeah. that spiritual faith is an important aspect of human existence, and whether yeah. that is a, a more First Nations Indigenous understanding of yeah. mystery or spirit or land. Yep. Or I don't even have the words for that for another person. I think it's so personal. But from yes. the whole spectrum of what it could be in one culture to another to another, I believe there is a common element, which is a belief in a mysterious force that is greater than we can understand. You know, like that's I kind agree. of my yep. general, like a higher power. There's so many words for it. God, yep. Jesus, I don't really care what you yep. call it. I think if you've yep. experienced it in some way, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. And yes. if you haven't, you quite frankly may be yearning for it. So yes. I do think there is a bit of a sort of a spiritual illness, you know, in modern culture because a lot of us have been separated from that. Yeah. Um, that said, I'm not a preachy evangelical person. If it's not for you, it's not for you, right? No problem. Yeah. But um, yeah. certainly for me, I've, I grew up from a particular culture that is based on a religion, but I'm not religious, so and I, I never really had a strong relationship with that conceptual yeah. framework. So I've sought my own, you know, and mm -hmm. my grandmother always used to say, um, I don't need to go to synagogue. I have my own, I have my mm -hmm. own connection. Yeah. So, and I think what we're talking about is connection with the divine, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's actually, yes. for me, it's definitely not about religion. It's definitely not about how you do things or when you do things or all of those things. It's connection. It's relationship. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Connection and relationship with some sort yeah. of mysterious, powerful yeah. faith force, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And it yeah. is astounding to me that um, the actual, I, I would say, tangible effect that those beliefs can have in a moment of great weakness or pain or desperation, yeah. like the ones you're describing. And yeah. it's not to say you don't feel the pain or the desperation or the grief, mm. not at all, but it's that alongside that there is not complete emptiness. There is yeah. this sense of hope, as you say. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it was just a sense, and it made no sense at all logically, and I admit that. I just had a sense that this baby-to-be was hanging yeah. around me. I yes. couldn't really Beautiful. explain it. It made no sense. And yeah. I felt like I felt it was a boy and I felt he was hanging out with my ancestors, those that had died or family members that had mm. died. Again, that makes no sense. I know that makes no sense logically or scientifically. But I do believe that we carry, if you like, a resonance of the people that we have known and loved in our lives. And, and we actually do, like epigenetically, we have markers yep. in our genes from our forebears. Generations. So are, absolutely. Mm. So we are yep. in part carrying with us 
coding, if you like, or a sense of or an energy of our ancestors and also our uh, generations that will follow us will also be connected to us scientifically, genetically, right? So there is that scientific basis to it, which I really like, like the epigenetic links between generations. Mm -hmm. So I love that there is a a sort of a scientific side of it because I quite enjoy that sort of it's interesting right Mm. but um energetically like as a feeling i was felt very strongly that i was carrying generation to come and i and it was connected to generations past and that's inexplicable Mm. like it was a really strong sense Mm. and um i wonder if you have any kind of words on that or thoughts on that how you felt when you were on the brink of another generation you know Yes, it's a it's a um, a kind of an intangible feeling, I guess. Um, <laughs> interesting how two family resemblances can, um, you know. I've heard numbers of stories about, you know, children. I remember one of the um, beautiful stories that I had uh, when I was working uh, at the children's hospital in the oncology ward. And there was a little boy who'd been very unwell. And, you know, there'd been lots of things that, you know, treatments that he'd had. And, you know, at some point, uh, some families choose that they're not going to just keep going with treatment after treatment after treatment. You know, it can be very uh, difficult for the whole family, especially if they're not clo- living close to to that hospital and they have yes. to disconnect from other children or families or whatever. And so for, for whatever reason, this family had decided that they were not going to continue with this little boy's treatment. Wow. And so they decided that uh, they would go um, and visit all their family ancestors that were living around and introduce him um, to them as a kind of like, you know, this is our beautiful boy. And look, they didn't know what was, what was coming, you know, he might've been absolutely fine, but you know, all the markers were, you know, they'd made this decision. And, um, so they walked into one home, which was, I think the mum's great aunt, you know, it was something like that. Um, and on the wall of the mantelpiece, um, there was a, a photo of a great-great-grandmother, you know, kind of person. And the little boy stopped and said, oh, there she is. Oh, and that's they, awesome. they said to him, what do you mean there she is? And he said, oh, I've been talking with her. She's oh waiting gosh. for me. She's oh waiting gosh, for me. That's amazing. And it, it was honestly for that family, they came back to the hospital because we got very involved with the families, you know, yeah. children coming in and out. And, um, but it gave them so much peace. Yes. And, you know, they, you know, and he was happy to see her. And, you know, he obviously loved her. There was wow. a kind of like, she's going to look after me. Um, oh my goodness, that's amazing. amazing, isn't it? Amazing amazing and so yeah yeah. so what you mean what do you say when you know uh I think he was four you know something little so you know it was not something that he would have made up and especially his reaction when he saw her um you know it was phenomenal and this family you know it really gave them peace and hope um for the future and he did subsequently die um so but you know they had that as a memory and 
So, you know. Amazing. Yeah. I have a similar story. So yeah. uh, not similar, but along the same yeah. lines where um, two weeks before my daughter was born, my husband's grandmother, so her great-grandmother passed away and yep. she had been trying so hard to stick around to meet her first great-grandchild, you know. Yep. She was in England. I'd never met her, but I had spoken to her on the phone. And it was a strange thing. The first time I spoke to her, the moment I heard her voice, I, I heard her voice and it sort of went through my body. Like I felt her voice. It was a very mm. strong connection I felt with her straight away and it didn't make any sense, you know. She was an old woman in England who I'd never met but we would have these beautiful conversations and she very sadly died two weeks before my daughter was born mm. and that quite often happens that an elder dies mm. as a, a new generation is born mm. it's actually not uncommon so I always in my mind I sort of felt like they'd passed in the halls you know one was yeah. going out a portal yeah. another was coming in a portal to human yeah. existence kind of you know that was the way I visualized it and then uh, when my daughter was born, my husband had a job in a like a big corporate company, and so we got sent quite a few bunches of flowers from his many colleagues and his friends. And it was he was the first of many of his friends to have a child, and so we got sent all these flowers, and all of the flowers we got sent, without exception, and there was like twelve bunches, were all purple and white, which were the flowers that we had chosen to send to her funeral. Wow! You know? So there was this mm -hmm. kind of funny thing there, and then. As she grew older, we never told her when she was little about her great-grandmother. It was just something that happened and she wasn't really old enough to understand. And she used to, from very early on, she used to mention grandma, which is what yeah. my husband had called her. And we'd never spoken about grandma in front of her, but she would say often, grandma, grandma's here. And then when we went oh. to England and we moved mm -hmm. to England, she was three. And we would just come to certain places in the countryside and she would say, there's grandma. Oh. I was there and it was quite close. Yeah. We lived quite close to where she had lived. It was quite bizarre. She doesn't really mm. remember it now, but at the time mm. we were yeah. blown away by that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that there's these inexplicable and just amazing stories that you will find in cultures and different versions of this story of ancestors mm. and young people communicating or sensing other generations yeah. all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we just don't really have a vernacular for it in Western culture, do we? Like we don't yeah. really no. have a mm. container for it. Yeah, but uh, I yes. thank you for sharing that beautiful story. Yeah, oh, yours too. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few of those in our family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know why, but it's so lovely to talk to you, Virginia. I don't want to go on too long and take up too much of your yep. time. I know you rescheduled to do this for me today so I'm so thank you so thankful for your time and um, I look forward to the next time we can meet and have a chat very good thank you for welcoming me on and you know your beautiful soul mama uh, academy opportunity for people to grow and develop and learn and trust and you know be supportive of each other as women uh, and men, of course, too, but, you know, to really enjoy uh, the journey of life. It's such a special and precious time that we grow and learn together. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Virginia. That's beautiful. See you soon. Bye. 
If you have enjoyed this podcast that I produce and release for free, please like, share, subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Soul Mama Hub.